You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Listeners, and welcome to Dr. Ian's Relationship Radio. We are coming from you to you from Northern California, as we do every Wednesday morning. But I just want to give you a heads up that today our power utility has said they're going to call, um, close down the utilities. And that's not just supposed to be until noon Northern California time. But if anything happens, listeners, I just want you to know it's not our fault, it's not your fault. It may be that the PG&E, as it's called out here, Pacific Gas and Electric, has closed us down. So with that in mind, we're going to put that in a band and talk to you about today. We're going to discuss starting a business. Now that might not sound like a topic for relationship radio, but actually it is. I've had so many patients over the years of being a psychologist who are really unhappy in their jobs and who think that they'd feel so much better about life and about themselves if they could create a business that would provide them with enough money to support themselves and their families. You may wonder what I advise them. Well, I definitely don't suggest that they quit their job because that would be a disaster, usually. We investigate their idea for a business. Since I don't know the legal aspects of setting up a business, it is suggested they contact an attorney. Setting up a business may require applying for a DBA, which is a doing business as, or getting a trademark and similar things. That is all out of my area of expertise, and all I know about this is I was advised to procure a trademark for my Let's Make a Contract books, and I did. And these necessities require legal advice. Next, I suggest that they do a web search to explore if anyone else has a business like the one they are proposing. That can provide very valuable information. If, for example, your idea has to do with making a ratchet and there are 5,000 competitors, perhaps their business would not fare so well. And I know this next idea I propose to my patients may sound corny, but I suggest to them that they watch a few Shark Tank programs. Honestly, I really support people who have unique ideas and want to change their line of work. For those listeners who are considering such a move, do we ever have a gift for you today? Our so-called resident attorney is here to discuss how to set up a business And she has been on this program before and discussed employee civil rights. And I'm going to introduce her again just in case you were not here for her previous interview. Mrs. Venegas is a graduate of University of California Davis School of Law. Her main areas of practice are labor and employment law, business law, we're so lucky to have that knowledge, Social Security Disability Law, Civil Rights Law, Pension Rights. That is a lot of areas of expertise. (laughs) She served as Deputy Legislative Counsel in Sacramento, California, drafting legislative proposals and providing counsel to legislators on labor, employment, and business law issues. Mrs. Venegas also has over eight years of experience as intellectual property paralegal at two large San Francisco law firms. Currently, she's a partner at Martin and Venegas, 
and helps clients address business and employment-related legal issues as well as assisting clients regarding um, with their litigation matters concerning employment, general business disputes, and civil rights violations. This is what I really love. Between 2017 and 2019, Mrs. Venegas was awarded, I just love the name of this, the Rising Star designation from Super Lawyers. This award is given to top-rated attorneys selected through extensive evaluation. Our guest is also a native of Budapest, Hungary, one of my favorite cities in the whole world because I've been there, which, by the way, is a beautiful, beautiful place to visit. Marta, welcome back to Dr. Ian's Relationship Radio, and I'm so grateful to you for agreeing to give us some advice about how to start a business. And to start off, I'm wondering what you would instruct us about the types of businesses that are currently achieving success in today's market. Um, Good morning, Anne, and good morning to your listeners. Um, So in this gig economy that we have today, I think the sky is the limit as to what type of business will succeed. For example, who knew that delivering restaurant meals to people's homes would be a successful business? while at the same time delivering to people's homes pre-measured ingredients for home-cooked restaurant-quality meals is also a widely successful concept. So I would encourage uh, you or the listener who wants to open a business to keep an open mind, uh, find a niche that nobody explored before to start a business that you wish you could access for yourself. Toni Morrison said once when she wanted to read a book about a certain type of story, nobody wrote that book yet, so she decided to write the book herself. So the same concept applies to the business you want to start. If you want to have something in the marketplace and there isn't, and you're frustrated by that uh, lack of services in the marketplace that you want to access, then maybe you should start that business. Um, this that. way, yeah, this way you will be happy and enthusiastic about going to work, so to speak, on your business. Yes. So could we conclude that before you start a business, you have to have an idea about what you want to do? Could you comment on that? I think, um, I don't think you have to have it set in stone. So keep yourself flexible, but you have to have a general idea of what is it that what is the particular skill set that you want to offer or what is the product that you want to offer to the marketplace? And the next thing you need to figure out if that uh, service or product can be made profitably so that you could make a decent margin and support yourself within, I would say, one and a half, two years. Because I think nobody should be working for more than one and a half, two years without taking in an income. Uh, on their business. So you need to really figure that aspect out. And as a lawyer, I'm usually only concerned about the legal aspects and not necessarily profitability, but many, many of my clients got themselves into trouble with the law because they had to cut corners, otherwise they could not operate at a profit or even cut even. So they were going into the red every month for many, many years. 
and that's not a great way to conduct yourself. And it, uh, violating the law can be very expensive. You get sued, you get an investigation by the government, and also it is very stressful. Starting a business is stressful, uh, but then when you are walking that tightrope between the legal and the non-legal or the uh, or the criminal, then it can get very stressful. So keep your plan flexible, but try to figure out decent margins and see if the marketplace can sustain that for you. Sounds like a lot of math to me, which is not my area of expertise. <laughs> it's a little anxiety-evoking, like, you know, you have to make sure you can make money well. I think that's really wise advice. I didn't necessarily do that when I started a book business, but um, I should have. So let's pretend that I want to start a business. Take us through the steps of what I should do to start my business. Other than the thinking of part, which is often the most difficult, I would advise you to consider if you need financing, so how you will finance the venture, whether you need to take in money uh, at all uh, to have sufficient capital. Some businesses you can start with almost no capital invested, so you could perhaps operate as a sole proprietor. However, if you join with another individual to start a business or if your business needs to take in capital and have financial liabilities such as loans or products that, um, say, raw supplies, uh, raw material supplies that will come to you and you will owe uh, money on them until you know you can turn them around and sell them, then you have to have some form of incorporation to separate the business debts from your personal assets. You have to do this before beginning any operations. This is an upfront cost. It's not a huge cost, but if these two things, one of these two things is present, you have to do this to protect yourself. You can be... Uh, a limited partnership, a limited liability company or LLC, where you can incorporate as a corporation. But the importance of you separating the business debts from your personal assets cannot be overstated. It is a very, very important thing to do. Um, whether LLP or LLC or uh, corporation, they each have pros and cons, and they are really kind of uh, nuanced. You... Um, you need to decide what size of business you are going to be, and then a lawyer can help you figure out which one of these uh, forms you should go with. Uh, what I would definitely counsel you against is having no formal setup when joining with another individual. So having a business partner, you and the partner going out and starting to make promises to the world, that is a bad idea because having a, a partnership can be created by operation of the law. So somebody saying, oh, that's my business partner, and we are doing this thing together. And this other person can bind you in their promises, so you will have to perform those obligations. And uh, your partner can go out and take all sorts of obligations, loans, make uh, delivery promises, and you will be left holding the bag, so to speak. So before getting another individual into the mix, you need to absolutely go to a lawyer and figure out what kind of incorporation you guys are going to, go, going to do. And 
before taking on that, if you are a solo and you need raw materials, you need supplies, you need to rent an office, you need capital, somebody's promising you financing, go talk to a lawyer. Don't do it as a sole proprietor. That's a bad idea. You are going to be so thankful you spent a couple thousand bucks on having a lawyer set you up as a corporation. Well, that sounds really complicated to me. So I would probably run to an attorney uh, if I were thinking about starting a business, and I'd probably do that first. And uh, that's what I'm hearing you say. Am I hearing that right? It depends. If you are just starting something like um, uh, a blogging business, then you probably do not need an attorney. If you are going to walk dogs around or house-sit for people or even go... Um, design gardens, you probably don't need to incorporate as a business. There are, there are these two very important points where you have to think about this. One is if you are joining with another individual, and the other is if you are going to have business debts. Well, Marta, we're coming up on a break, and listeners, we will be right back with our wonderful uh, attorney, um, Marta Venegas Esquire. We will be back in a few moments. If your health insurance premium is more than your mortgage, Ellen Deal with Ideal Solutions is here to help. Whether you're a small business owner, individual family, or baby boomer, email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com, and I'll respond with three easy questions to help you determine if you can get away from Obamacare. As a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry, I'm here to help with all your insurance needs. Email Ellen Deal at MAGA45CAG at gmail.com. This is Ron Camacho, host of the Business Hour, on Fridays from 10 to 11 a.m. Join me as I talk with passionate professionals on a program that profiles the best businesses, business professionals, business practices, and fascinating individuals to get an insider view of how America works, 10 to 11 a.m. on America's Web Radio. Last week, my party chief said he wanted to go someplace he had never been before. So, I took him to the rear property line. Sound familiar? Are you tired of trudging all the way to the back of property lines? Why not take the steps to become a crew chief instead? Or even better, why not become a professional land surveyor and see your name stamped on that final survey? The Nettleman Institute of Land Surveying Engineering Technology is your next step. At NYSET, We believe you are the future of surveying, and we want to do everything we can to help you succeed at becoming a professional surveyor. NYSET offers the only online one-year certificate of land surveying program that includes all books, fees, and expenses in one simple price. Visit LandSurveyCareer.com to stop trucking through the mud and step into your future today. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
Welcome back, listeners, to Dr. Ann's Relationship Radio. We are so lucky this morning to have with us Martin Venegas of Martin and Venegas Law Firm. And we're talking about how to start a business. So, Marta, I've heard that it's important to have a written business plan. What is a business plan? Well, and there is a lot of information out on the Internet and in uh, how to start the business books that I think unnecessarily complicates things for most of the lay people who want to open businesses. There is no need for a written business plan, so to speak, if you are not going to a bank or taking your business to a venture capitalist to finance your business. What I would counsel you... uh, to have is some sort of a plan, some pricing structure, some definition of your services or a description of the product figured out so you're not just floating out in the stratosphere with an idea without it ever materializing in so much as like a price could be put on it. Keep your idea close to your chest, but Perhaps discuss it with your life partner, with a few trusted friends. Um, If you um, feel that your plan for a business involves an invention, then probably you need to go to a lawyer before talking to anybody except your uh, spouse to get a non-disclosure agreement uh, so that you can discuss it without the fear that somebody will disclose um, your invention and you would lose the rights. Um, and when you have kind of like a general service idea, like I want to be a dog walker or I want to be a landscape architect, whatever, uh, then discuss it with your friends and see what they think about your place in the marketplace. They might see things from a different angle and point out things that you haven't thought about. This type of um, research can help you price things correctly. Um, Do some research on your competition, if there is any competition for this type of things. But don't get discouraged if you find that there are a lot of uh, businesses who would be your competition. Um, Even if there are 5,000 competitors, as Anne said, I think that maybe is a good sign that this type of business is a successful endeavor for most people. And um, you could offer something that is a little bit more high scale or that is a little bit more budget than your competitors and figure out that niche in the market that needs to be filled. Um, It doesn't have to have an earth-shatteringly different concept from all the other businesses. Uh, You and the next dog sitter on the block can be fairly similar price structure, and both of you could be successful. We all know quite a few dry cleaners and coffee houses, right? Yes, we do. But I have a hot tip for those listeners in Northern California because I have to tell you, when I'm out of town, I hire a cat sitter to sit with my cats. And cat sitters are charging between, here at least, between 50 and $75 a night. So, and they're hard to find. So cat sitting, dog walking, I know tons of my friends have dogs and they, instead of taking them to doggy daycare, for example, they hire a dog walker and the dog loves the dog walker. And so there's lots of businesses that I think we could start, like you just said, that already have competition that could be successful. So I guess that 
I should have an estimate about how much it's going to cost me to be a business owner, according to what you've said. Any ideas about how I would go about figuring this out? Um, well, it's just uh, sitting down with, uh, say, uh, a piece of graph paper and starting to add up things. But what I would tell you is that most of these things can be done fairly cheaply. Um, the, your starting a business could be just the price of a website hosting. If you can design it, if you can take decent photographs, use a decent photo editor, uh, you can do it uh, very budget, so to speak. Uh, but then the caveat is that probably your website will look budget. So it depends on what what your target clientele is. It could be that you uh, would want to have a doohickey made in China, and then you would definitely need to have more of a, of a capital-rich plan. You need to travel to China find the suppliers, find their factories, go visit the factories to make sure that that is the actual factory and that's not just some showcase that they are showing you. Get some prototypes made, um, take it to your buyers, that sort of stuff. I've listened to a podcast by Sarah Blakely who started uh, Banks, and it was very useful for just understanding how somebody would go about making a product. Most of my clients come in, they are service providers. So I, I'm also a small business service provider. It's easy for me to understand that. But starting your business on selling a new product in the marketplace is a completely different ballpark in terms of capital needs and how you go about it. This is not really a legal question, so I usually come into the picture after my clients have figured this out. Um, by the time they come to me, if they haven't figured this out, I send them away and tell them to come back once they figure out how much capital they need because I need to advise them according to what the business will actually need in terms of financing. So before even going to a lawyer, you need to know how much money you will need, and whether you will need to borrow money to finance it. And they will be able, they will be um, responsible for paying the lawyer's fee also. <laughs> so can't forget the attorney. <laughs> so, well, usually we don't start work until we got our retainer. So, yes, you have to pay your lawyer and you have to pay probably an accountant, a bookkeeper up front some sort of fees. So you have to have some capital some working capital. Some seed money needs to be saved up by yourself. That's definitely true. Unless it's That's like not, a dog walker business. Yeah, not, for, not necessarily for a dog walker business, business but um, if, as I said, if you have a partner, if you're making a product and will have raw materials coming to you before you pay for them, if you are going to go into financing your deal, then you definitely need to have some seed money to go to a lawyer, to have an accountant, to have a CPA. And this is where the question of business structure comes in, if I understand you correctly. What do you wish your clients knew about business structures when they come to talk to you as an attorney? Other than that there are several different options, I think 
from the business aspect of it, you need to know how big you are going to be when you start and how fast you are going to grow. Um, I'm saying you need to know, and it's kind of not really knowing, but you have to have an idea of what it will look like. So, for example, if you are a dog walker or cat sitter, well, that's a fantastic idea. i myself a cat owner, and it's ridiculously hard to deal with my cat when I'm going on vacation. Usually it involves a lot of uh, cleaning uh, when I come home. So... For those type of businesses, you probably are not going to hire employees to go in and cat sit for you. But if you are going to have a startup that is going to that is going to grow by say have a hundred employees by the end of year two, I need to know that because then I would put you in a business structure that is flexible enough to let you start with zero employees just yourself and allow you to grow and taking capital in a way uh, from venture financing or from a bank that allows you to keep creative control of the company while they they are also given some security for the loan. So you have to have this idea of growth uh, planned out, whether you're going to go rapidly or slowly, whether you're going to go uh, grow in bouts or more organically one after the other. Um, incorporating a business structure has a cost, so if I know you would grow rapidly, I would probably not start, start you with something more suited for a mom and pop that is going to be just a family uh, working in a restaurant. Uh, that would be maybe an LLC. If you are going to grow rapidly, I will start you out as a corporation so we can give stock ownership to those who invest in your business. Well, I think we gave a hot tip this morning to all of our listeners who would like to catch it because if you're having a problem and I'm having a problem, that's news for those of you who are thinking about starting a cat sitting business. But we have to take a break And listeners, we will be back with our favorite lawyer, Marta Venegas, in a few moments. Want to ace your upcoming survey exam? The NLC Prep Combo has everything you need to help you crush your upcoming FS, PS, Florida PSM, California PLS, or Texas RPLS exam. Combos include a full-length practice exam book with the same number of questions and category types as the actual exam, a pre-programmed HP 35 with 17 programs to solve those time-consuming equations such as COGO, triangles, traverses, and more in seconds. A complete online course is included that covers every topic of the exam with videos, workbooks, quizzes, and a full-length practice exam that simulates the computer-based format of the FS and PS exam. That gives you not just one, but two full-length practice exams to help fully prepare you for test day. Visit us at nlcprep.com for more information and let us help you crush your exams. 
Whether cruising the strip at a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back, listeners, to Dr. Ann's Relationship Radio. We are so lucky this morning to be here with our favorite lawyer, um, Marta Venegas from uh, Martin and Venegas Law Firm in California. And at the break, I was asking Marta if uh, she does law out of California. She said she's mainly a California attorney, but occasionally she can take a case out of state. Is that, do I'm, am I quoting you correctly, Marta? Yes, it depends on the case. Um, I I proceeded with a case out of uh, state because I was working under federal law, and it was an arbitration case, so we could keep it uh, very flexible. So back to businesses. How about choosing a name for the business, sort of like catwalking R.S.? Guide us through the steps that one must take to accomplish this, if you would. Uh, luckily, the law allows you to change your mind about your business name by the fictitious business name system. So that's what you refer to as a DBA or doing business as. So you can incorporate your LLC or corporation with a fairly boring name, such as Smith, Inc. or Smith & Smith LLC or uh, the Smith Family Restaurant Ventures. And then you can operate your business with something more suited to your specific venture and funny and, um, you know, something that um, catches uh, people as a surprise or is easy to roll off from the tongue. Before you can you pick a name under which you will actually operate your business, um, you should do some research and see if the same name is being used for the same type of business in your geographic area. It is not sufficient to do a trademark search at the Patent and Trademark Office because trademarks build their value by being used in the marketplace or actually you can create a trademark by just simply using the name. So do a thorough search of the Internet and, uh, you know, all sorts of databases to figure out if 
somebody is using the name you want to use for the similar type of business. You can have the same name for different types of businesses as long as it does not confuse your customers or their customers thinking that you are offering that business. The law prohibits you from piggybacking on somebody else's business success. So your name should be easily distinguished from another um, business that operates with a similar uh, scope of activity with that name. Um, it is also more ethical to distinguish yourself, and I always try to uh, suggest that my business clients try to operate as an ethical or moral high ground business because customers nowadays pay a lot of attention to this kind of details. I was talking about going to China and making sure that your products are not manufactured by children is an important thing to do. Um, so try to keep an eye to uh, our very politically involved and sensitive society's needs that you make sure you operate ethically and on, in a morally, um, you know, head-held high manner. Well, yes, I think that would be really, really important. I can't imagine anything worse than knowing that my clothing business is made by five-year-olds. Yes. Product. My clothing business is made by five-year-olds who are four. Who should be in school? Yes. Yeah. Once once you decided what name you want to operate under, if you are incorporated under your different name, your boring name, as I was calling it, you have to take out a fictitious business name license. That's not very difficult, and it's not very expensive. Uh, usually, in California, you take these out on a county-by-county county basis. So depending on how many counties you are going to operate, it, it's just it's a good thing to do so people can figure out if they have a complaint to make, who is the corporation operating, say, uh, Shades Marta restaurant. So if I open a restaurant and I have a corporation called Vanegas Comma Inc., then I open a restaurant called She's Marta, then I would need that business uh, name, that fictitious business name license, so people can find who the corporation behind the restaurant is. Okay. Thank God for you guys, because that sounds really complicated to me. Uh, and Marta, what other licenses and permits would I need? Please tell our listeners what types of licenses and permits are available, and how do I decide which ones I need? Well, talk about complicating things. Mm -hmm. So I'm a California attorney, so I can tell your listeners what businesses the state of California requires to be licensed, and it's a great many. But this varies from state to state, and not all the lawyers know it. I, I don't think any lawyers knows what the business would need as in terms of a license. So in California, for example, it's hard to predict whether you need a license or not. You have to be licensed if you're a doc doctor, if you're an architect, if you're a lawyer. But also, if you're a second-hand dealer or a pawnbroker, if you're a barber or cosmetologist, then they have different subtypes. So if you want to mm, braid hair at home, then you probably need to figure out if you need a cosmetology license to do that. 
um, landscapers need to be licensed, and many people don't know this. So some of these licenses are given out by the state licensing board. Some of these tasks the state delegated to counties and cities even. <clears throat> so it depends on your jurisdiction. If your jurisdiction requires you to be licensed, it may be a crime to operate without a license and taking money for services that require a license. Another license you may need, and I don't want to overwhelm your listeners, these are really not difficult things to do. I mean, yeah, getting an architecture license is probably difficult, but getting a second-hand dealer license is probably not a big deal. But you also need a business license from the cities you will operate in. <clears throat> so uh, a business license from a city is not really a license. You don't have to take an examination and show that you can do the things. It's more um, a form of a fee or tax, if you will, on you to operate a business in the city and tax its systems with increased needs for policing or for the roads that the city has and so on and so forth. So it's usually not very expensive per city. It's only like $75 in Concord where I live. But it can be quite expensive if you are casting a wide net. For example, in uh, our area, Walnut Creek borders both Pleasant Hill and Concord, and it's quite close to two other cities um, that are more in the hills, so they kind of bleed into each other. So if you want to operate, say, as a dog walker in this tri-city area or a landscaper, then you may need to take out at least three licenses for Walnut Creek, Concord, and Pleasant Hill, but you might need five or six, depending on how wide you want to advertise your business and taking clients from. Okay, well, that, that sounds um, a little <coughs> more reassuring. Now, on the other hand, I also read that I should figure out which accounting system to use. And honestly, Marta, I had to smile at this one, so let's get practical. I've spent money on licenses and permits and on registering the business name. So far, I've lost money. Why do I need to select an accounting system? I don't have anything to account for. Well, you do. You you just you just incurred some expenses against uh, some liabilities against your assets. So you would probably need to keep a balance sheet to show that these were my assets and these are the liabilities, and I just spent these assets on these liabilities, but. I'm not an accountant, so this is the part where I would send you to another professional for professional advice. And my clients who already started the business always tell me that they tried really, really, really hard to save this money and try to do it themselves. Bookkeeping, probably you can do yourself. Having accountant advise you on how to deal with the money that's coming in so you are not double paying double taxes, that is a great idea. And I think you should consult a CPA just to understand some basic principles. 
um, some CPAs allow you to not become a client, just go in for a two-hour talk over what you need to know, and it's going to help you tremendously to have this upfront knowledge. <clears throat> and then they will guide you through whether to have a bookkeeper for the size of your business or whether you can do it with your Quicken books or whether you can do it in your Excel spreadsheets. I don't know much more about this, just... For example, our firm has a bookkeeper and we also have a CPA because we are lawyers. We are really good at doing the law stuff. We are not really good at doing the accounting stuff. So we want to, I always want to advise my clients, you do your business really well. Let other people do their business really well so you free up your thinking and your time and your energy, which you will need to growing your business or taking in the sufficient number of clientele so you can eventually maybe quit that day job. Do not try to save money on hiring good scaffolding businesses that scaffold you and hold you up and support you. That would be my advice. Don't try to be a jack of all trades. You will burn out, you will burn your relationships, and you will make expensive mistakes that are costly and very stressful to fix later. That sounds like such good advice. In about two and a half minutes, we're coming up on our break, so I want to get this question in before the break. Finally, I need to set up a business location. What do you think the options might be? Well, you can operate your business from home, or you can lease a space. And these both come with advantages and drawbacks. So you need to take a look at how your customers would look at you, whether you operate from home or from a location. Maybe this is a good place to break? No, no, we have a couple no. more. Okay. So if you are thinking about operating your business from home, then you need to do a lot of research about this. You need to figure out whether your city's municipal code and zoning ordinance allows you to do this. Uh, some zoning ordinances say you cannot drive foot uh, traffic to your street uh, by operating a business. And some are more flexible. They are like you can operate a business from home as long as you're not altering the structure of your house. So these are stuff that you need to figure out before you do that. If that's the um, type of business that you will have, that people will come to your home, then Try to um, one day just arrive to your home from a different route and put on some different hats on your head and try to look at your house very critically. How would a potential customer see my front yard, my entrance? Do I have personal things out there that are kind of intimate? Um, you, you need to make sure that the area that your customers are seeing is in the shape that you want your business to be seen. So you now, probably now need to do some cleanup. Okay, so now it's time to take a break. Sorry okay. to, to interrupt you. So, listeners, we will be back with Marta Venegas, our wonderful lawyer who's talking about how to start a business. We'll be back in a few moments. 
This is Dr. Susan Blank, Medical Director for the Atlanta Healing Center. Our team is able to offer a multitude of treatment options, such as quantitative EEG, also known as brain mapping, hormonal and nutritional assessments, neuropsychological testing, and cognitive therapy, along with traditional 12-step facilitation. And we can even offer you, if appropriate, a gentle medically managed detox. Please contact us at 770-696-9862. This is Daryl Pullis inviting you to listen to America's Homegrown Veggie Show right here every Saturday morning at 10 Eastern Time. Great guests, great tips, and valuable information about growing your own vegetables, fruits, and herbs. You can keep your doctor, you can keep your plan, and every family will save thousands of dollars a year. I'm Ellen Deal, and if you've been hurt by the Affordable Care Act, you can email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com to see if we can help. Small business owners, individuals, families, and baby boomers, email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com for three easy questions to determine if you can get away from Obamacare. I'm a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry and here to help you for all your insurance needs. Hi, this is Ron Camacho, host of the Business Hour on America's Web Radio. If you'd like to hear an eclectic mix of great programs from relationships with Dr. Ann Schiebert to homegrown veggies and from classic cars to the Constitution, we've got programs for discerning listeners at www.americaswebradio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Listeners to Dr. Ann's Relationship Radio. We are here with our favorite lawyer, Marta Venegas, discussing how to set up a business. And I want to return to what we were talking to before the break, talking about before the break, and that was about setting up a business location. Marta, could you pick up where you left off? So you may want to think about um, starting your business at your home, but then you check the municipal code. You check your zoning ordinance and you find that you are zoned residential only. No businesses can operate in your zone whatsoever. So you figure, oh, I'm just going to rent a little location. Well, leasing a commercial space is not like renting your first apartment uh, in college. It is a complicated transaction with lots of moving parts, lots of options to have built in your lease, and a lot of additional expenses may be built into the lease agreement and hidden in there that are hard to pick up and understand with an untrained eye. So please do yourself a favor before you lease commercial play, uh, space. Show it to a real estate lawyer or to a realtor that is qualified to do commercial transactions before signing the lease so you know what you are getting yourself into, so you know what your annual uh, cost abatements are going to be that you will have to pay or you will be evicted. Wow. Okay, so this seems a little scary and like a lot of work. And I'm gonna, I think you've answered this next question I have for you, but I'm going to return to it. So what if I just want to run a small business out of my house, like being a dog water walker or a cat sitter? Hint, hint, listeners, please get into that business. Um, <laughs> do, I need, do I need to go through all the steps you're suggesting? 
So if you're a dog walker or cat sitter, probably no client will ever come to your house. You will go to your client's house. So you don't need to check the zoning ordinance uh, because you're not driving food traffic to your home. You just need to uh, rent a website and uh, maybe you should think about some other things that make you sound a bit more polished than professional. Getting a dedicated phone number that uh, when that number rings, you always pick it up in your cheerful and professional commercial voice, uh, your business voice. I would probably advise you, if you are a dog sitter or a cat walker, to set up your dedicated phone number also with an answering service. So an actual person um, pretends to be your secretary every time that phone line rings and answers it with your business uh, name. Uh, For example, uh, if it was me, it would be like, uh, good morning, it's Chase Marda's home catering services. And then you will not lose any customers because you're too busy to pick up the phone when it rings. Um, That is a great idea. Yeah, it is. Now, when I think of setting up a business, I find it really scary and I feel overwhelmed. What if it fails? Do you have any statistics about the success rates of new businesses? I think the statistics are scary. It's not a big secret that most new businesses fail. I don't know the actual percentage, but um, I have seen a lot of restaurants open and close within the year in my area. Can you think of the top three reasons that new businesses fail? I'm sure there has been some actual research done on this topic, But if you ask me to guess, I would say first, people have unrealistic expectations of the real cost of things, and they fail properly. uh, They fail to properly price their services. They are afraid that if they are too expensive, nobody would want to buy, uh, so they go too cheap. That would be a very bad mistake to make because if you can't cut it with a margin of profit within two years, you are going to burn out, you're going to get divorced, you're going to end up bankrupt. (laughs) The second would be to make costly mistakes and have to redo parts of your operations because of these mistakes. Um, For example, nobody likes to get a season business letter because you're using another business's name or trademark, and then you have to face Um, litigating this matter while also you have to figure out how to rebrand the business and make new signs, new business cards, everything anew. Uh, Stop advertising that you have already purchased running with the the name that they just told you to desist using. Um, Not paying employees correctly is a very, very costly mistake to make. Not incorporating the business can bankrupt you. You can lose your personal assets. You can lose your wife's inheritance, everything. Um, The third would be uh, burning yourself out, not understanding how much work this is actually going to be that you're taking on, while also not quitting the day job, even when it's uh, probably a good idea to... um, 
regroup and actually focus on the business, uh, not quitting the day job when the business could bring in sufficient amount of money for you to actually do so, and trying to straddle two full-time jobs, losing sleep over risk, all that psychological jazz, I'm sure uh, Anne can tell you all about that. <laughs> if you're making decent profit and you can scale the business off, then probably it's a great idea to now cut the day job and just focus on the business. If you're not making any profit after two years and you have worked yourself into a tiny stump, then uh, continually losing money and going into the red is not a great idea either. You maybe should not have this business. That is also a great idea. You can close the business if it's not making you money and you all it did was made you miserable. Some dreams are actually nightmares. And you have to close the business before it kills you and it kills all your relationships and bankrupts you. Now, what advice can you give those of us who have a full-time job and just want to make a little extra income? Well, this is not coming from me as a lawyer, but uh, I like this uh, podcasting thing, so I listen to a lot of podcasts, and one of my favorites is Side Hustle School, a podcast by Chris Gillibo. He does um, feature um, a side hustle idea or some advice every day, so it's a daily 10-15 minute podcast. I don't know how he does it, but it's brilliant. If you start listening to this, that's a great place to start because you will feel inspired to start a side hustle and you will hear of great ideas and useful lessons to learn early and for free. Uh, why make other people's mistakes? Learn from their mistakes. Another thing I would uh, probably uh, tell you is to keep a journal with you and some writing implement at all times and start writing down all of your ideas. And don't, um, don't judge your ideas. Just brainstorm it out. There is no judgment made as long as something is on the paper. What is it that frustrates you? Can your frustration be solved by a business? If so, can you start that business? Does that business exist somewhere else in the country or in the world, just not in your area? Is this business something that you could license from somebody else? Um, one of these will be your business idea. Trust me, even the most patient, saintly of us is frustrated by a great many things in our daily lives. And the world would be so happy to get our innovations. Yes, there are so many creative folks out there, even if you think they're not creative. You might have this great idea. And, and Marta, in your experience, what's the biggest mistake people make when they start a business? I think you've touched on this, but maybe you can just summarize it briefly. The biggest mistake is to do everything by yourself, to be the jack-of-all-trades, to run around and do your own accounting, to uh, go to legal Zoom and do all your documents yourself, to never go and spend money on another professional to give you advice. I know I'm kind of tooting my own horn as a lawyer, but it's not a lot of money 
for having an hour of consultation with a lawyer, to have an hour of consultation with a CPA, to hire a bookkeeper so you will know if you're making profit or not. Otherwise, it can just bleed in with your everyday life and commingle with your everyday expenses and worries. And it's just very nice to have somebody else do that thing for you so that you can focus on what you do best, your business. And I don't think the other I think you're giving great advice. Yeah, but the other thing that people do is often they go to somebody, hear the advice, and then not follow it. I don't understand that. I'm I'm very frugal. If I spend money on something, I am going to keep it. I am going to make sure I am going to use that thing for many years to come. It makes no sense to go to a lawyer or go to a CPA, hear the advice, and do the other thing. So if you spend money on it, follow the advice. Well, I'm a psychologist, as you know, and I think that's pretty typical because oftentimes people have, well, most of the time, people have the answers to their problems inside themselves, and then they can articulate it to me in a therapy session, for example, but they don't follow their own feedback. So um, I think that's really kind of normal in our world, and, and I want our listeners to to know or to think about starting a business is about having a relationship with yourself and being happy with what you do and having a relationship with the people that you serve. So if you're a cat walker, I think this is our favorite <laughs> our favorite uh, startup right now today, Marta. If yes. you're a cat walker, boy, I'm going to love you if you take care of my kitties and do a good job in the, and if they like you. And I will keep hiring you. So it's all about relationships, isn't it? Sometimes it is with the cat. Yeah, I know. So, Marta, remind our listeners of where you work and how they can contact you for legal advice about setting up a business or other issues that require a lawyer. So this is the part where I have to tell you that this was an attorney advertising as allowed by the State Bar of California. We are called Martin and Vanegas, a professional corporation. We are located in Walnut Creek, California, close to a BART station if you want to come visit us. You can call us for a consultation. We provide free 30-minute consultations at 925-937-5433. Or find us on the web at martinvanegaslaw.com. Marta Venegas Esquire, it's been such a pleasure to have you on Dr. Ann's Relationship Radio today. And listeners, there you have it. Expert advice about how to create and set up a business. And if you're sitting at home bored, consider how exciting it would be to start a cat-sitting business. We all have unique talents to offer the world. And until next week, remember... Only you can make your world where you want it to be. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.